It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud, and created to conquer. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures Show. Aaron Hapgood, Patrick Dangerfield with you this morning for Real Adventures. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. And um, I'm pretty annoyed at Matty Scarlett, actually, <laughs> because Early a couple of years ago, uh, we got to release the announce of uh, young Georgie Boy being, yeah, we did. Uh, being uh, born to your family. did a podcast family. in the car, which... I think drove Joel Brooks, our producer, mad because it was the worst <laughs> audio of all time. But yes, it did. It did. So, and Matty Scarlett, uh, we, we kept it a secret last Saturday, last Saturday's show, and Matty Scarlett comes out on footy, and I just want to say congratulations to another member of your team being born, Patrick. Yep, we've got, uh, as you said in your message, congratulations, you've got an extra 20 whiting per boat. Also, you did read my text, no reply back. <laughs> uh, little Felicity, Felicity. And Dangerfield, so very exciting, yep. Weight? Uh, good size, we kept her. <laughs> seven, bad. 7 seven twelve, and uh, 51 centimetres, which is obviously very uh, above regulation, so uh, we didn't throw her back. And it's not always about Felicity. Marty, how's Marty? Everything Marty's well? good. No, the pregnancy couldn't have gone any better. I was uh, more actively involved this time, Redmond. Right. I'm not going to ask any questions there, but uh, congratulations to your whole family. I know they are both sides of the family. The grandparents will be slightly excited. John Boy is a nut job with kids, so <laughs> he, he is. is a kid. But uh, let's, let's get, get into the fishing. show. Um, Redmond, we have an update. Right. On what? On our project boat. We've so finally... Say, I was having a kid or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what car he's thinking. Um, we have an update, and we're going to chat to, uh, and we're going to speak to this in our uh, in our review a little later. We're going to talk about uh, canopies, uh, covers, looking after them, the do's and don'ts. But we've got a new canopy for our three nine nine Stacer project boat, yep. so we're going to fill in on that in our uh, in Reg review a little bit later. David Seaman joins us on the show. Um, he is a journo for Spooled Fishing World, Hooked Up Magazine, and a few others. So friends with Shane Mensforth, I think. Friends with our great mate Shane yep. Mensforth. So we're going to chat to to Dave a little later and talk around uh, around the industry and what's happening. Uh, but your week in fishing, Redmond? Massive week. The last week and a half, I'm going to go with Pat, which uh, has been the coldest damn week of all time. I'm tough. No, I'm not really. Squidly does all the bait. <laughs> Every time I get up, it's one. Like the cast is it's one been, degree. I, and I talk about it. It's cold during winter, and I won't lie to you. You know how I said fish during the winter? It's fun. It's not. It's not fun at all. It's really cold. But, you, but no, you're slaying them. The fishing's great. The whiting. Now, 
you've got to people are, I'm getting messages after messages and last week we had a big swell and the whiting were terrific in the Port Phillip Bay heads and what I mean by terrific they were out of control big big thumping fish pat the only problem is everyone got to the weekend and what happened on Saturday, Sunday Monday, Tuesday the weather was perfect and what I mean by perfect is the swell every day got close to the weekend decreased yep. got smaller and smaller and so by that Friday dirty water that you normally talk about the dirty water left yep. I went out on uh, Sunday, and we managed to get a fair few whiting down the southern end of the bay, yep. but only on one tide in one particular spot, And um, but everywhere else was really hard to catch. Now, if you go right at the top of St. Leonard's, there's a lot of small fish up there. There are, and you will get a few small fish. I'm not a huge fan in keeping the small fish, Pat, like those 30-centimeter fish. I like to get the big one. I don't know, give them a go, give them a chance, but... The whiting went terrific. They were, they were great. And then the weekend come. I'll talk about that clear water and that still weather. It could. How nice has the, has the weather been? Like it's I'm cold. Not, it's been cold, but it has been beautiful. Like we just had a, a sun was out, light wind for most of the last week. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there was no wind. It was beautiful. So I headed offshore and chased the gummy sharks and uh, left the whiting alone for a little bit and. The gummies were, were great. Just, just replenishing the stocks in Port Phillip, eh? <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll give them a week off. <laughs> no, they were uh, the gummy sharks were, were really good offshore. Uh, some really nice fish. A few fish over 20 kilo, uh, just using salmon for bait. And rat salmon was our best bait on, um, on the last few days, which is, or start of the week, I should say. But they went really, really good, the, uh, the gummies. Now, on Wednesday afternoon, I headed out with uh, can, Lee Can Rayner. you tell me why... Why ras is a good bait? Uh, because what what ras do is during the day you drop a bait down on any sort of reef, you're going to catch ras. You drop a pilcher down, Pat, you're going to catch ras. Yep. What happens of a night when you drop a bait down? You don't get a single bite at all. So what happens is the ras. Well, this is the way I, I interpret it all, and speaking to a few others is the ras go into their reef to actually sleep of a night. Yep. And they're in there sleeping. They're not feeding. And they're hiding gummy- from all the big predators. Hiding from predators. And that's yep. what the gummy sharks come in on. I've cleaned gummy sharks with wrasse in it, leather jackets, crayfish, you name it. It's And it's on a regular basis. I'm not talking one out of 50 gummies. I'm talking sometimes it can be 10 out of 10. Sometimes you'll get 3 out of 10. But a lot of the time, you, depending on where you catch a fish, how heavy the reef, they'll have the wrasse inside of them. Big leather jackets. I'm talking kilo leather jacket, Pat. Like yep. They've got big spines. I don't know how they eat them, but they do. And... They inhabit the reefs all around our country, right along uh, yep. the Victorian coastline, right into South Australia. They, they all, and they sleep every night, and I believe the gummies feed on them. And that's why we, well, I know the gummies feed on them because I've seen them inside of their stomach. I should, but they are, they are one of the best baits that I can use for them. And then Wednesday afternoon, we headed out with our good friend Lee Rayner. Lee Rayner's a good friend of the show. Fishing Edge and uh, yep. fishing, Game Fishing Fever. Game Fishing Fever. He's got a really good tackle store, um, he, which is specified around game fishing so if you uh if you're into tuna or marlin we don't, he has everything else but he 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 knows his stuff in that in and that they aspect. and they specifically build the rigs yeah well. whatever you want if they'll you can they'll teach you they'll show you they'll send them out to you so yep. uh we head out with lee with his filming for a bit of his show and uh what were you shooting gummies uh, and snapper and gummies offshore yep. yeah the weather was too good on wednesday afternoon it was a light northeasterly around that sort of five to six knots and it was just the perfect sort of uh, time to chase him with that nice tide before the before the new, new moon. So we had a um, we had a pretty big week uh, this week on the water. I'm going to take uh, I took Friday off because I was buggered. Uh, so it's just about plucking up the courage, even though it's one degree. Just hook the boat on because 
Just weird. The, the fishing is really good. It is. Point. I haven't missed on anything, to tell you the truth. Nothing. Like, it's everything's good. Everything's really, really good. And if you're too scared to go out with a cold, head out midday. Yep. Like, head out at 10 o'clock and then fish till 4 o'clock, and you'll miss that breeze. I can tell you during the week, on Tuesday uh, Tuesday night, I fished the water, I fished the gummies offshore, come in and did the water just quickly, just before dark. Yep. It was, it was not cold. It was the warmest part of the day, because the wind just completely went still, and the sun was blaring down. There was not a cloud in the sky, and it was, it was perfect, so... Just fish that mid midday because you're going to catch fish if you can get your tides right, and which is a lot of the time this time of the year they're good tides. Redman, there's a few whales migrating yeah. at the moment, so we- for those with kids and families looking to uh, to find a few whales across the uh, the coastline, where's the best plot? The best spot is Portland. Yep. Right now, looking off Cape Nelson, Bridgewater, and even in the North Shore, which is out the front of the Portland boat ramp, basically, along um, along the um, the road, um, I've just gone short of my head, but anyway, out there, along yep. North Shore rocks there, there's humpback whales everywhere. Like, they have been there nearly every single day, breaching, jumping, doing their thing, and this time of the year is when they, between... Um, early May to the start of October is when they do their full migration period. Yep. And they, but what they're actually doing is, they I did a bit of research into this, Pat. They're actually... You've done some... I've, right into wow, it. They, they actually um, drop in their pups here because they're calves, because um, they say they're killer whales. They're avoiding the killer whales yep. uh, from Antarctica. So they come up here to Australia, to the Australian waters. And did you know 60% of whales are found, over 60% of whales are found in Australian waters? That, I didn't know it was that high. I knew it was it's high. high. Over 60%. And they arrive, like I said, May to October. Then they head back to Antarctica in October after they've done a fair bit of their birthing birthing period. Um, the Port Phillip Bay heads this year, we've had killer whales in there. We've had humpback whales regularly. If you head offshore, you're nearly going to see whales most days. I haven't seen them as of yet. But every second person I speak to goes, oh, did you see the whales today? And I missed them. And no matter how many times you see them, and one of those things, I'm fortunate enough to see them regularly. Every time you see them, if I see a dolphin, I'm sort of like, meh, dolphin or... Yeah, there's a seal, cool, don't yep. really care. But a whale always catches your eye, no matter who you are, I reckon. Up along that eastern seaboard, obviously, we'll see them right down. Obviously, yeah. Um, Byron Bay's a, a the whole the way along. The uh, very... point of Australia, that's well, you know one of the most famous spots along our coast to see them. Um, so we'll see them, obviously, for the next few months. Oh, well, you've got the bluefin tuna might run off. Um, we spoke about it last week. Uh, you can uh, listen to any of our previous shows on iTunes. You download the podcast and uh, check it out. But you can the bluefin tuna are going to actually migrate uh, along that continental shelf where we'll see that range of sort of fish that we don't catch here in Victoria, that 40 to 80 kilo. Yes, a few bigger, a few smaller. But the average 40 to 80 kilo, we're going to see that. And the, the whales will be amongst those. They all, they're all going to eat, and they are where yep. the food are. So... You've got to be... Um, That's why they're all shifting now. Um, another thing that happened down in Portland, Pat, why we're on topic of Portland... Yes, is, there was a, a seal euthanized. Yeah, was, and um, I'm not a fan of seals at all, to be honest. <laughs> they, as especially a, when they get aggressive like that. As a, but as a fisherman, I'll, I'll talk on behalf of 99.6% of fishermen. Seals can really give you the you-know-what, yep. because they but they can also work for you. And what I mean by that is they can find marlin for you. They can find bluefin tuna. So then I like them like every other fisherman. So there's a lot of people that don't like them. When you're fishing snapper, they can destroy you in seconds. They can really, really ruin a day's fishing. But you're fishing for um, the barrel bluefin tuna. You find those seals, you're going to catch a fish. And unfortunately, what they've called the seal Sammy, and what he was doing was 
uh, over the years, now you're probably going to blame us for it. I would probably blame us for it. Is he's come to the Portland boat ramp and he's looking for a feed? Well, he got smart enough. He didn't have to hunt and 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 search for food. And while they were out there, while he was at the ramp, people were chucking food in. So they put signs up saying three hundred dollar odd fine if you feed a seal, blah blah blah. If you throw stuff in the water, whatever it is, they 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 got stuck into you for it. But then the seal wasn't. The, people stopped throwing things in the water. And the seals started to get real defensive. And yep. um, these seals, uh, they're the first seal, Pat. They're territorial. They are seriously powerful. And this in particular seal got so dependent on us that they contemplated taking him out to the ocean and relocating him somewhere. But they reckoned that he would end up straight back to where he was where because he was. he was so dependent. Or if he got if he took him far away and he was stayed out with his like another colony or, or his mates, that he would then soon die because he wouldn't know how to feed like a normal seal. He'd yep. be the weakest of the group. So they um, euthanated him, Pat, and euthanized. euthanized him. And then unfortunately, um, the seal has been... See you later. So, um, oh, that's, good way to put it. That's euthanized. <laughs> so, yeah, but I tried to make it out. It was like sort of a good thing. But um, you understand, oh, we spoke about this seal was a psycho. It was on top of the actual. No, I, I, as, soon as, as soon as it becomes a bit of a pest for anglers and they start to worry. It was about on safety. top of the cleaning tables. You couldn't clean a tuna without it trying to eat you. Yep. I got chased by it a few times. <laughs> Rebin, before we get into the rest of the show, yep. uh, there's a bit of wind around this weekend. Yeah. What are your plans? Um, I need some bait, some really, <laughs> I like bad, some salmon. So I might head your way because we've got a northwesterly wind up on the weekend. So I'll probably head down your way. I might catch you for some lunch or something on the Sunday if I can catch you and then go catch some salmon off the beach because there's some, some really good salmon captures. Better than last year, Ocean Grove Beach, Colandina, right into rafts, right up to lawn has been really, really good. But like you said, there's a fair bit of wind around. The boat will not be going out. And I don't know if the missus will actually let me fish. She might try and catch me. And I've got a few beers Saturday night at a Queenscliff function, so it could be a big sleep in Sunday. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures Show. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud, and created to conquer. It's time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Yes, it is now time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Your next summer break is waiting for you at bigfour.com.au. Explore and book today. And I'm not sure if that's a bit of wind noise from being on the boat. Chris, or are you out having lunch? Out having breakfast, actually, before I head down to uh, Portland to knock out another couple of jobs on the tuna. Chris O from Gone Fishing Charters joins us this morning. Thanks, Chris O, for joining us. And uh, you are going to head back to Portland, but take us through what has been happening down there. So Portland uh, has really stepped it up. There's a lot of plenty of school fish, so we've been getting our bag of um, school fish quite easily and then spending a few hours chasing the bigger fish, which have been... A little bit difficult to hook up, but we have been seeing big fish jumping pretty much every day. You could almost set your clock to it and say, "Rightio, if we get our school fish by ten, eleven o'clock, then we've got the the three o'clock tide, and you know you've got a good shot at getting a big fish." But we haven't been able to hook any up, which has been disappointing. But there is a lot of big fish still there. Now, there's been a few techniques used different this year. A lot of people are sort of dropping baits down to these fish and not actually trawling lures. Um, 
I know from numerous rumours, it's annoying a lot of people purely because what's happening is people are trying to troll to the bait balls, and these guys that are throwing baits are actually moving a lot faster because they've got nothing in the water and getting in and dropping baits. It might be more effective um, sometimes, but how how is it going on the water as such? It is frustrating. It is frustrating, but there's been that many little pockets of big fish where... I think there's enough for everybody, but when it when it is a bit slow, so like you said, the guys that are dropping baits are sort of zooming in, dropping straight on the bait ball, and then it's just shutting us out, so we can't drag lures past them. But um, I think it's has, at this stage it hasn't been too much of an issue, but I can see it being a problem later on, if, especially if there's only one sort of one sort of. Um, Baby. ball that everyone's going to try and work you know the, the guys that are dropping baits are just going to shut everyone else out um, so, what are, so people but, what, are they, what, the, yeah. what are they actually doing we, we talk about dropping baits so what are they doing in, in a perspective for people that are actually wanting to know so pretty much finding a little pocket like of seals or dolphins that are pushing up and rounding up a lot of bait and they just zoom across and like float either a dead, dead bait down so whether it be a pilchard or a, a, a dead slimy or something and just sort of free, free spool it and let it sink down and and um, yeah, hopefully hooking up barrels like that. But from what I'm understanding, we have tried it and we had the best opportunity to hook up about a week ago, but we're unsuccessful. But I think the key is to fish light, so light line, smaller hook, obviously, to get the hookups. Um, which then obviously you're you've got a, a potentially 100, 150 kilo fish on light like you but um it has been very successful and now let's take us back home you have got a charter boat operating out of queenscliff as well as your one in portland that you're doing but you've got danger work in queenscliff uh your skipper and he's had some pretty good captures over the past couple of weeks back at home and it's probably going to continue the same yeah so we've, we've decided that um up until about mid-September, we're just going to focus on gummies out of Queenscliff, and it has been working well. He's had a few good trips there where the guys have gotten sort of four or five fish uh, for the trip. And, yeah, it's at this stage, it's working well. We just need that weather to keep continuing and providing the good conditions for us to get to where we have to get to. Well, As you know, Aaron, um, fishing offshore is always a bit better for the gummies than inside. Now you um yeah well it is hundred percent. Now you uh you're probably going to have a little bit of time off. I know you like the snow, so I'm tipping you're going to venture down there. But we're approaching the silly season, uh, basically where everyone's on the water. You'll be working every single day non-stop. Uh, you have a break, you rest up. So you got I think you got two more weeks in Portland. Am I correct? Yeah, two more weeks in Portland. Then we'll look at bringing the big boat back and um yeah, just doing a few more modifications to it and getting it ready for the busy season and then. We might we might spruce up the smaller boat as well and do a few mods to that, get that ready, and then yeah, maybe have a month off and where we're not going to fish at all, and then uh, yeah, straight back into it, mate. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us this morning. That's Chris Vasileski from Gone Fishing Charters. Give him a buzz if you do want to get yourself a nice tuna at the moment, or even a gummy shark out of the port at Bayhead. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. That was the whip around for Big Four. Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Now it's time for the Social Club. Thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Ian Campbell Redmond, 
Where do you guys go fishing during the winter months? You've spoken you fish a fair bit out of Port Phillip Bay, but when it does get cold, what are your go-tos? Yeah, so good question because winter, everyone puts the boat away, and I always say I don't think you should be putting the boat away. Uh, a very good place to go is Portland. Portland, you've got your tuna options. Yep. You've got big whiting, pinkies. Then if you do your bottom fishing as such, you can in close, you can get school sharks, gummy sharks, snapper, push out to the continental shelf. As the season gets on, you'll get striped trumpeter. Uh, if you push out a little bit deeper, you'll get blue-eyed traveller, all your deep sea fish, as well as mako sharks. Port Phillip Bay, you can't really beat, just or Western Port Bay, purely because uh, you've got... Um, the wind protection so you can hide you can fish most of the days if you get a northerly you can push up higher if you time your tides right all through both bays with your wind it's going to be pretty pleasant considering so you've got your whiting your gummy sharks uh, through the bays as well winter's not a time for spending 12 hours at a time on the boat you like no. to pick your tides go out for a couple of hours and then come in that's right you don't need to spend your 12 hours a day on the water during the winter because it is cold but if you want to get out for a fish and get a nice feed of fresh seafood the fish is the fish are there so time in your tide so for example if you've got a uh, a tide starting at two o'clock you've got the outgoing tide you head out around two o'clock and you fish till five o'clock there's your three and three hours three and a bit hours fishing till dark probably five thirty, and you can come back with your bait and limit of whiting and have seafood for the next few days or just put some in the freezer for the next week you don't have to go out again if you don't want to so there are plenty of options you just got to get the timing right David Spriggs, uh, Aaron, when it comes to hooks, what do you prefer, straight V circle? Now, you've had this question a bit, but it's very relevant to, to your fishing. Yeah, it is really important, circles versus straight hooks, uh, to use them at the right time and the right species. Now, if I'm fishing for a marlin pat, 95% of my marlin, I usually keep one a year, but all the others I let go. So I use circle hooks all the time, except when I'm running a lure. Lures are running straight in the water they're moving at speed you want a straight hook because when the fish to come up comes up you want them to eat it where if you're live baiting out of your outriggers and you're slow trawling you actually have your rods in free spool and they're running out of the outriggers of the boat and the weight comes off the lacquer band pops the lacquer band then the fish is actually running on the free spool so there's no tension on the rod or on that fish at all and what the circle hook does it has time to get swallowed Obviously, with the design of the hook, it rolls up, the fish turns, and it pins it in the corner of a jaw for a safe release. If I'm fishing for gummy sharks, I like my circle hooks. I believe the gummies come up, they eat the bait, they turn. It's 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 all over for them. You, can, you then can release or keep your fish. Same as snapper. I always use circles for snapper too. I release a lot of my snapper. I'm not a massive fan of eating it. So I usually keep a couple for friends or family, and then I release a lot of them. But I like circles. Some people like straights. What the charter boats guys do is they start with straight hooks to get their bag of fish for their clients. Then they move to circle hooks to re- catch and release if they're going to do uh, that side of it. King George Whiting, you straight hooks i've got a rod in my hand i'm using the rod the whole time it's in my hand and i'm actively fishing yep. if i have a circle hook on as such I, what's your natural instinct when you get a bite pat to strike strike yep. whack so i like to put for kids and for kids and for say if i take my partner out who's not really there to catch 100 fish she's more out because i've dragged her out but she will like uh i'll give her a circle hook because she's not going to be as quick on the rod as what i'm going to be who's concentrating extremely hard when she's just in her own little world having a bit of fun probably on her phone snapchatting so it's uh yeah it's where you use them is the uh, most important uh, aspect to understanding circles and straight hooks that was The Social Club. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres.
On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It's time for All Aboard, thanks to Dometic. Mobile living made easy. Whether you're on the road or out at sea, Dometic has you covered. Our special guest this morning is David Seaman, who's a journo with Spooled Fishing World, Hooked Up Magazine and many more. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Now, you're, uh, you're from the Foster region in New South Wales, and you're an avid bass fisherman. Yes, yes, that's, that's my... My go-to species, if I had to fish for one for the rest of my life, that's it. Now, before we get into the journalism side of things, Redman, I want a little mm-hmm. bit of a, a school me on, on bass fishing because I grew up doing a little bit with, with Dad but was never all that successful. Um, what are the things that you focus on, Dave, when, you, when you're bass fishing? Um, generally, uh, times of the year and the season and, and fish movement. Um, ideally, uh, with a, a good season, we'll get a, a flood or a rise in water around uh, May, June, July, uh, which helps the fish down to spawn. And with that, that mass travel, you get a concentration of fish in certain areas. And then come September, October, um, as they push back up the river, uh, there's concentrated pockets in pools, and there's certain areas in those pools that the light fades and night comes in. They they stack up under rapids and stuff. So you got target areas, and that's that's the best chance of uh, some of the big girls. Social media in the United States is full of incredibly aggressive. Uh, bass fishing videos our australian bass compared to the states are they as aggressive uh i think they're probably more aggressive certainly harder fighters but uh, the one thing our bass lack compared to the americans is they don't jump but uh, they've got everything else every other characteristic that makes them a great sports fish you spoke. You spoke about where the actual where you fish for bass, as in rapids and so on. How are you targeting the bass? On an, is it is it a variety of techniques, or is it more just your one technique you sort of stick to and just change from that? Um, look, it depends on the water. If it's hard fish water, I'll go to soft plastics and fish relatively slowly. Um, but if we're doing a canoe trip, say paddling through from upper reaches to lower reaches. Um, I'll do it, use spinner baits as a search bait, try and find a pocket of fish. Um, and not, not necessarily, like the textbooks say, target um, structure like snags, but weed beds can be just as productive and even more so. We've been doing a little but, bit of uh, stalking of your social media, Dave. Um, have you? It's, a, it's dangerous nowadays. People can find out know, a lot about it? you. You've got to be careful what you put up. Uh, soft plastics and Mulloway and flathead fishing, it's featured a little bit. Um, Aaron's a really keen Mulloway fisherman, but you've traditionally chased them sort of at night and with baits, Redmond. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not so much uh, into the plastics. We've got a few anglers in here in Victoria who target them with uh, your soft plastics or your vibes and so on. And, uh, David, you've obviously landed a couple of Mulloways. We can see on your social media, like Patrick said, on plastics. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm actually going tonight. We've got to change the tide around 530 
Um, and with that uh, no moon period, they we, we fish for them um, sort of just before the change of the tide. Uh, generally, <clears throat> where we've got a high tide and a mullet push up onto the weed flats where we fish, and as the tide turns and starts to run out they filter down into the channel <clears throat> so we throw a variety of soft plastics vibes uh, even hard bodies um, i've been trying to get one on a popper but i've got a lot of buffs but no hookups now you say popper <laughs> um would you find when you say that is that big, like i i explain kingfish very similar um sorry i explain kingfish different to tuna because would it be the same with a mulloway? Because a tuna, yes, you'll see a tuna breach out of the water and you'll see them constantly trying to chase bait out of the water. Where a kingfish, you never really see a kingfish actually pushing out of the water. Do you reckon that's similar with a mulloway why you can't get one on a popper or haven't got one as such? Oh, I haven't got one yet, but um, the where we're fishing is, I suppose, it'll be between two and three metres deep. And as the mullet come off the weed flats, they actually, the mulloway sit underneath them and push them closer to the surface. Yep. So it's not so much, uh, it's a sort of uh, uh, an area that the fish are targeting and they'll come up, and there's a lot of tail slaps where they come up and roll, try to grab the mullet, and as they roll, their tails come out of the water. But uh, no, it's just where they push the mullet. If the mullet are high in the water column, you'll get a lot of buffs. If they're sort of mid to lower water column, you get them on the hard bodies and uh, and soft plastics. Something else you're obviously passionate about is your your rock fishing. Uh, a couple of really really awesome photos on uh, your social media here. Um, what you like to call them? They're known as pigs, I guess. You like to call them. Pigs, yes. Um, Eastern rock blackfish is their, their proper name. Um, gorilla elevator. And, uh, yeah, we've had a cold snap here uh, in the last couple of days, not like what you've had in Melbourne, but um, we've got big seas, and uh, that stirs the fish up. Um, you buy catch, are... obviously. Sorry, you go. Oh, just that uh, we suffer, well, if you call it suffering, very clear water through the summer months so uh, the pigs are a little photosensitive and they'll hide under rocks and in caves so to catch them through through the summer period you need to get your bait down where they are uh, with the winter weather southeasters um, greening up the water and making them a bit cooler you can catch them in you know three feet of water and as a bycatch those they are, they are favourite Hey, they're they're a favourite uh, winter species for sure. Uh, the groper as well as bycatch, you can't beat those. Yeah, groper. Um, the only time I target groper is when we get a westerly here and it just um, flattens the seas out. So the pigs like a bit of wash, whereas the groper will just mull around looking for crabs and stuff. So I'll target them in a westerly wind, but uh, other than that, they are just a bycatch. And some of them, um, the one on social media, is about 10 kilos. Yeah, it's a massive fish. It's a good-sized fish. Dave, let's talk about your fishing history and your journalism. How did, it, how did you get into it? Where did it all start for you? Um, look, the earliest photo I have of myself uh, was on the Murrumbidgee River. I used to live in Wagga. 
and um, I was about three years old. I can remember vividly my first fish, fish which was about a two-kilo carp, which isn't uh, anything to write home about, but <clears throat> when you're five years old, uh, you know, it's, it's massive. You don't care what it is. And uh, from that, I, uh, I secured a column with fish, uh, Fishing News, um, a magazine that Patrick Blake used to edit when I was 14, and I've been doing it ever since. There you go. The last That's... 42 years, just writing for all the different national magazines, being commissioned by others, and now I'm right into the photography. So, unfortunately, that does expose your age slightly. Um, yeah, that no. long that that long in the industry. Where's the biggest change for you? Obviously, we've seen a huge change in electronics over the past 10 years um, and just the advances in in technology there. But in terms of whether it be lure design, what's been the big changes for you in the industry that's made it easier to catch fish or or, or perhaps the other way that's been more challenging, which, you know, social media, for for all it's good, has made fishing challenging because it it opens the doors to a lot of people that, that wouldn't necessarily be aware of captures in different areas. Yeah, and it, yeah, that's right. And it, it exposes areas. Uh, look at the flogging Copeton Dam cops now uh, for the cod. It is um, an open book. Once upon a time, you used to have to buy the magazine, read it, um, get your clues and hints from whoever was writing in it. And now uh, you can Google anything. Um, and the diversity of tackle, um, like when I first started bass fishing, you could hold more or less all your lure collection in your hand. Mm. Now you've got, you know, a hundred colours of the same bloody uh, lure and different shapes, sizes, suspending, sinking, rattling. So it 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 opens up to the angler um, diversity as far as tackle's concerned, but then they've got to make decisions. And we all have our favourite lures. Um, for bass, uh, soft plastics. I like uh, shrimp pattern soft plastics. Like the gulp uh, two-inch shrimp in camo. That's You probably see that a lot in my bass picks. But yep. uh, it's just one of those lures that it matches the shrimp that are in the river, and especially early season where they've been down, they've spawned, and they're trying to put on a bit of condition. Shrimp are the easiest things for them to eat, and uh, they're good protein. Well, Dave, we really appreciate your time uh, coming on Real Adventures this morning. Um, We've loved what you've done with Spooled, a new magazine that's Mm. out online, but also many others uh, that you've been involved with. Thanks for coming on Real Adventures this morning. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Anytime. David Seaman, Fishing Journo with Spooled Fishing World, Hooked Up Magazine, and many, many more. That was All Aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. And now it's time for Red's review for BF Goodrich Tyres, Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres. Now, Redmond, we've spoken a huge amount around sort of, um, well, not a huge amount, that's a bit of a lie, but um, <laughs> looking after your boat, 
the protection of it, what's important when it comes yep. to protecting it. Uh, we've got a special guest this morning. We've got Dion from Decker Trimming, who's going to join us and talk through us around maintenance of your canopies and covers and, and why it's an important option. You've always had canopies on your boats. Yeah, it is. And clears are something that you, you need to look after from day one just purely because uh, if you don't, you can't see. They're not clear anymore. Yep. So it's going to be... And they're expensive for one, but they will scratch. They scratch and they, they scratch. And what they do as well is over time, the weather, you, your weather will sort of crystallize them, I guess you could say. And it's hard to see out of them. My old man's at the moment a shot. They're yep. done. They can't even see out of them when you're driving. It's really not fun, friendly. You want to make sure if you're chasing a tuna, you want to be able to, to see a bird. Spot birds. You don't want and, yep. to get wet. So Decker is going to take us through everything, basically how to look after our clears and maintain them to get the, to get the length of time that you need out of them. Dion Drake joins us on the line from Decker Trimming. Good morning, Dion. Good morning, boys. How are you? Not too bad, Dion. There's nothing worse than spending a lot of money on uh, covers and clears, but it's all for a purpose. But we, we, we'd love to have you on the line today to basically take us through everything to, to maintain them, look after your clears and your covers. Uh, take uh, far away. Yeah, well, look, looking after your, your clears is pretty simple. Try and keep the dust off them as much as you can. Um, so... Give them a hose off as often as you can just to get the dust off them. Uh, Viewplex is a good product that you can use. Uh, it's available here at Geelong Marine World. You can also get it at Bunnings, Auto One, any car retailer, that sort of thing. Um, at least once a month, give them a, a go over with a Viewplex on the outside. So give them a hose off, let them dry, and then uh, give them a spray with a Viewplex, microfiber cloth, and, and give them a wipe over. Um, inside, probably once every two, three months is, is quite sufficient. Um, the Viewplex is really good in cleaning them. It also has a protectant in it as well um, to help keep them pristine. Um, Dan, what about um, the, the, the don'ts when it comes to... Is there any products that you really would advise to steer from. clear yeah. from? Yeah, because obviously as you said, around getting rid of the, the dust. You don't want to be, you know, sort of um, wiping that into your clears because that's going to scuff and scratch them. But is there any sort of particular products that you've just got to be careful with how you use them? Yeah, uh, don't use Windex. Um, <laughs> there's, there's something in Windex that just destroys clear really quickly. Um, and another one to really avoid is, believe it or not, the soap at a car wash. Um it will right. yellow your clears within a matter of weeks. Well, that's a big one. So well, say that again. Yeah, Don't use yeah. the soap at a car wash. Yeah. So by all means, you can hit them with a gurney. Um, just stand back. The, the actual pressure from the water is really good because it gets the, the dust off them. Um, but you've just got to make sure that there's no soap residue coming out of it. Um, and don't get the soap on the clear. So what does it actually do, the soap? So it just destroys the actual material? Yeah, there's an acid in the soap that just eats into the clear and it, it causes them to yellow and basically get what we call sunburn. Um, and there's no real way of getting it off. Right. Dion, Windex, that yeah. sparked my interest because I've used it on my boat windscreen and there's every chance that there's some residue that's hit the clears. What would you recommend then for your windscreen that's not going to interfere with your... Um, with your clears. Getting technical, Patrick. Um, well, it's, I, I never realised that Windex would, would do that, so I'm sure there's plenty of people that yeah, have that look, I'm the same. You can use anything that's 
tint safe. Um, so basically read through the back of the bottle and um, just make sure it says on there that it's tint safe because tint film is made out of almost the same material as your clear plastics. Um, so if it's tint safe, it is safe for your clear. Uh, but the main thing that we recommend is Viewplex because it's actually recommended by the manufacturers and you can use it on your Perspex as well. Well, there you have it. Now, uh, Dion's just finished off the uh, the Real Adventures project boat and the little 1550 Stavy is in at the moment, Redmond. So. Down at Geelong Marine World. If you do want to get in contact with Decker, uh, you can give him a call or you can come visit him down at Geelong Marine World. He's got a nice little uh, corner spot down there, doesn't he, Patrick? You can jump in the corner there and uh, get yourself some clears and a cover made up. Certainly does. If you want to give him a call, 0407 541 Decker Trimming. Thanks for joining us this morning on Real Adventures, Dion. No worries at all. Thanks, guys. That was Red's review for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? This is Real Adventures. Plenty more after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud, and created to conquer. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres. It's time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Visit your New Age Caravan dealer today. Start your summer adventure with a New Age Caravan, New Age Caravans. Dot com dot au. Redmond, your tip for the weekend. My tip for you is to never wink at me like you just did while you were reading well, out. I was singing. Your... I know you were singing, but it creeped me out a bit. But keep going. My tip is people don't often do this, and I'm not talking, I'm not going to recommend it if you've got someone else on the boat with you as such, but when you're a solo fisherman or fishing by yourself, no, I know a lot of people don't do this, and on a boat, what you have coming off your arm. Uh, um, a lot of it's it's all just different now. Some are off your dash, they've got them. Some on your um, control boxes is a kill switch. Yeah. Now, what a kill switch is, it attaches to you. You 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 shut your engine down basically, but it attaches yep. to. Uh, I shouldn't say your control box because a lot of them are actually now on your dash, and it can it can attach to your body. Yeah, just anything that's uh, you can have a little clip. So yep. if you do get swung out in big yes. sea or you're fishing by, by yourself, that's my main one. Is yep. by yourself, you can hit your head. So I'm, I've been tuna fishing numerous times. I've got bang, hit my head into the side of the window because like, I'm not ready or me just being clumsy. So wear a kill switch when you're by yourself because if that boat can go go walkabouts at speed, you're done. You're done. Like you can kill someone else. So it's not hard. Jet skis. If you have a jet ski, you always put your kill switch on. If I'll be doing the same. I don't solo fish. I very rarely. I don't know if I know if I have solo fish that often. I don't think I've ever been. I mean, maybe once. Yeah. But wear a kill switch if you buy yourself. There's plenty of people that do. Uh, so make sure you do chuck it on and uh, look after yourself and other people. Patrick, that was Red's tip for new age caravans. The flying gaff for Ooh. this week, Redman, is going to nothing actually. Um, but there has been a giant squid that's been caught on camera in U.S. waters for the first time ever by researchers looking for, for creatures living in the midnight zone, they call it. Um, so it was found 360, uh, sorry, 760 metres below the surface. So the gaff is sort of missing because they couldn't quite gaff it, but for the first time <laughs> they, they captured one that wasn't at the top of the surface, you know, death. basically waiting for death. This giant squid actually actively came up to this, this camera probe Searched around, got How its tentacles deep? out, 760 metres, so three quarters of a kilometre below the surface. Right. So the gaff goes to this giant squid captured for the first time, living healthily. So hopefully <laughs> over the next sort of few years, at some stage, they'll capture vision. It would be amazing to see them feeding. Oh, it would you know, be. I'd be astonishing to see a giant squid feeding as long as I'm 
not diving. <laughs> this has been Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? We're going fishing. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.